This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Oh boy, the UK is facing a new chicken shortage. Experts warn, industry is at a breaking point due to soaring costs. And the National Farmers Union, love them, the NFU. Uh, Yeah, that's right, NFU. Also warns of fruit and vegetable shortages. Uh, That's not a good thing. They're facing uh, a chicken crisis. And potentially even more fruit and vegetable shortages due to a prolonged cold weather. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, well, rising costs are pushing poultry farms to the brink as many owners are now having to decide between cutting the size of their flocks or not continuing all together. Without a fair price for the product, British poultry is at a breaking point. The drive to keep food affordable under exceptional market conditions where the cost of production is not being returned through the marketplace is rendering poultry meat business unviable. (laughs) That is uh, not good. Uh, Of course, of course, like the, uh, the British Poultry Council says, access to safe, affordable, nutritious food is always necessary. Not just in the face of a cost of living crisis, but the focus on keeping prices low in this climate is understandable uh good luck i don't know uh i don't know what you're gonna do about it so no chicken no vegetables now the vegetables a lot of vegetables come from spain and i guess temperatures are really hot in spain so that's affected uh that's affected the vegetables temperatures have been cold in the uk so the plants got off to a late start uh so things are coming together at the perfect time So we still have uh, significant cost increases, energy, labor, supply chain, feed, packaging, transport, (laughs) and an ongoing uh, Brexit issues and avian influenza challenges. So good luck to the UK uh, for being able to have chickens. Uh, Without chickens, you don't have eggs. And without good weather, you don't have uh, vegetables and fruit. I mean, some shoppers at some stores, remember we talked about this, you only were able to buy three packs of each tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, lettuce, salad bags, broccoli, cauliflower, and raspberries because supplies were running empty at a number of outlets. So they were putting limits on different products for you to purchase. So good times, good times in the UK. And I fear that it could be coming across the pond. Welcome! Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Sad news for Utah. Uh, The porn site Pornhub, of course it's in the name, uh, has blocked Utah residents from accessing the site. So if you're in Utah, sorry about it. You're going to have to maybe change your VPN uh, so the Pornhub doesn't know where your IP address is. 
just saying. Uh, apparently, Senate Bill 287, which unanimously passed the Utah legislature this year, requires websites that post adult content to require age verification and establishes penalties for websites that do not comply. The law goes into effect today. So viewers received a notice that read uh, 403. This state is not whitelisted when attempting to, you know, log into the site. And then it later gave a f- longer explanation saying, as you may know, your elected officials have required us to verify your age before granting you access to our website. While safety and compliance are at the forefront of our mission, giving your ID card every time you want to visit an adult platform is not the most effective solution for protecting our users. And in fact, will put children and your privacy at risk. However, the best and most effective solution for protecting children and adults alike is to identify users by their device and allow access to age-restricted materials and websites based on that identification. Until a real solution is offered, we have made the difficult decision to completely disable access to our website in your region. Please contact your representatives before it is too late. I think it's too late. Uh, It went into effect today. So, Utah, sorry about it. No Pornhub. I know. Well, no Pornhub if you use your Utah IP address. I mean, some would say that Pornhub has just made it a little harder. You can quote me on that. We've all taken taxi cabs and limousines and, uh, you know, we've taken the, you know, the buses that take you to the airport. But have you left anything in those particular vehicles? Because we've all taken Uber and I can say that I have never left anything in an Uber, but apparently a whole bunch of people have. There's a full list of Uber lost and found <laughs> uh, from last year. Holy cow. Uh, the 10 most commonly forgotten items, clothing, phones, backpacks and purses, wallets, headphones, jewelry, keys, books, laptops, and watches. The 10 most forgetful cities, Jacksonville, Florida, San Antonio, Palm Springs, California, Houston, Salt Lake City, Miami, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, and St. Louis. Wow. The 50 most unique lost items. (laughs) A Danny DeVito Christmas ornament. My dog is in the car, a toy poodle. A blue cap that says, I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. Nice fog machine. A fog machine. Some bowling rags. Ankle monitor. Yeah, well, if you got to cut the ankle monitor off, you might as well just leave it in the Uber. Uh, a unicycle. <laughs> 16 ounces of fake blood. Uh, okay. Uh, I was going to a Halloween party. Forgot the blood. A printer and a remote-controlled vibrator. Oh, man. That is a shame. Uh, a pin with Jesus holding slice of pizza. <laughs> small camping stove and my funeral pamphlets oh man uh cat collar my calculator small stone carved whales boy i bet you those are worth a lot sentimental green pin oh no a statue of liberty green foam crown oh no a lightsaber Ooh, that's (laughs) a mannequin wig head love those uh oh my gosh Britney Spears fantasy perfume. Oh, man, I bet you they're bummed about that. A fire sword. Uh, two painted rat traps. <laughs> oh, are people, people forgot a bidet in the back of an Uber? Come on now. No, I don't believe it. Weight loss surgery guide. Horns in a Viking helmet. My friend's fake tooth. Oh, that means they've, they turned it in. 
right? I mean, that, they had to have. Um, I just find it fascinating that people are leaving all this stuff in their Ubers. Wow. Uh, I see where uh, riders around the world left unique items as well. Uh, Canadians reported losing everything from a bed sheet to an Apple pen to a bathroom shelf. Riders in Taiwan left behind a gift box that looks like egg yolk, a black belt, a blood pressure machine. Londoners uh, lost some pesto, a plastic Halloween sword, ankle splints, and a jet washer. Come on now. Uh, Brazilians left behind three packages of chicken. Nike sneakers and a computer mouse. <laughs> oh, the most forgetful days and times. This might be helpful, though. Uh, in the U.S., some of the most forgetful days of the week are Saturday and Sunday. Oh, boy. Uh, people are most likely to forget chargers on Mondays, keys on Tuesdays, wallets on Wednesdays, cash on Thursdays, watches and or jewelry on fridays passports on saturdays and groceries on sundays so listen if you're if you're taking an uber and you forget something in the uber they tell you what to do the best way to retrieve a lost item is to call the driver but if you leave your phone itself in the uber you can log in tap the menu icon to open the main menu select your trips and then the trip on which you lost the item and then tap find lost item and then contact the driver about the lost item and you you know you enter your phone number and the driver will call you if the driver picks up and confirms that your item has been found coordinate a mutually convenient time and place to meet and return it to you if your driver doesn't pick up oh boy leave a detailed voicemail describing your item and the best way to contact you good luck if your driver doesn't pick up <laughs> you're not getting it back and remember to be considerate the driver's schedule will be affected by taking time to return your item to you maybe you could you know leave him a little bit of a tip say hey thank you appreciate it appreciate you not taking it appreciate you keeping an eye on it for me i really needed that fog machine i really needed that danny devito christmas ornament i'd like to see that actually <laughs> i don't know why i just want to see the danny devito christmas ornament and i really need my bowling rags okay i am going i'm hitting the doing a little kegling this afternoon and i needed my bowling rags so now i don't have my my bowling rags and i'm not happy <laughs> somebody left pet turtles too oh no Oh, Cuff and Link were left in the back of Uber. Oh, no. Lotion and chicken wings. Uh, oh, you go ahead and write your own jokes with that. And then they have like trends of things that were lost from bags of weed to pre rolls, uh, from medicinal and recreational. We've seen a high increase in forgotten ganja goods. So, do you get those returned? Does the driver keep them? Does he pretend like he didn't see them? I mean, if you're leaving bag in my Uber, if you're leaving pot, in my uber i didn't see it sorry man i looked all over i looked under the seats and everything somebody else must have picked it up sorry <laughs> people were leaving their nintendo switches in that's the number one lost gaming device this year more than 70 switch devices lost wow that sucks uh, well, switch. <laughs> i'd be pissed if i left my switch there false dentures and teeth continue to be the biggest bite out oh man no you forget your teeth in the back of an uber Holy cow. Uh, no, no thank you. Passengers also lost, and I say lost, left behind. Uh, underwear, condoms, 
and the some sex toys and we did talk about some sex toys earlier as well and people are leaving their animals behind too <laughs> you leave your animal behind in an uber you must want to you just don't have the guts to take it to a shelter or drive it out in the country and leave it you just don't have the guts for that <laughs> you just i'll just leave it in the back of an uber and hopefully nobody will notice come on now all right let's go to the break room I need something cold to drink desperately. So there was no 11th hour deal to uh, stave off the Hollywood shakeup. So the writer's strike is on. The members are going on strike. They failed to reach new compensation deal with TV and film producers for the first time in 15 years. Hollywood writers are going on strike. The labor union representing about 11,000 TV and film writers have been trying to flip the script on their working conditions amid new contract negotiations since Tinseltown entered into this streaming era. Uh, writers say that they had to work longer hours, lower wages. They called on the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the AMPTP, the AMPTP, which uh, represents uh, Amazon, Apple, and Disney to boost the pay and grant protections from AI rewrites, comes as the media and tech companies that help produce shows have seen their stocks drop, leading to cost cuts and layoffs. Last night, both sides failed to reach that deal, and uh, sorry about it, uh, we're going on strike. Now, I will say this, that it appears I saw some uh, some writers talking about there was no there was no deal because they said, hey, this is what we want. And nothing was ever come. They, nobody came back with anything saying, uh, well, okay, we'll give you this, but you can't have this. There was no negotiating. There was just them saying, we're not going to give you anything or we're not going to talk to you about it. Oh, and I, I don't know that. I just have seen some writers saying that. So the, right, the strike could take, you know, who knows, weeks, months. We could be missing shows left and right. Uh, or we could just, they will say that, hey, we're going to use AI to write these shows. And then it's up to us to make a big difference, right? So you're going to end up uh, getting some streaming platforms writing shows with AI. And then you're going to get some streaming platforms that will make a deal and say, we only are going to work with humans. You go ahead and write our shows. Um, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of, whole bunch of shows not airing. Uh, other shows just airing repeats or not airing at all. Uh, they've got a lot of shows in the can, and we'll see if that does anything. But episodes of shows that you're planning on continuing on with the narrative, I don't think so. I don't think so. And remember, that's just why we got all the reality shows uh, because of the last strike. So plan on getting more reality shows for sure coming out of Hollywood because they don't need writers. And maybe Jimmy Kimmel can come out and tap dance for an hour. I mean, the show probably would be better, to be honest with you. And we've always talked about, you know, how it takes so many writers for these stupid shows. I mean, it's just a nighttime show. Have the actors come out and you interview them and you can tell a couple of funny jokes if you're a funny person. Guys like Stephen Colbert are not funny. Uh, they don't know how to be funny. So they're, they need the writers to help them to at least attempt to look funny. So good luck. Good luck to the writers. Uh, I'm all for it. Let's get you some money and get back to making these shows, shall we? 
And I will say, if they start uh, cutting back on all these shows, are, are the streaming platforms going to cut my fee that I'm paying every month to view their streaming product? Because I'm expecting new content. And if you're not giving me new content, I expect a discount. All right? That's just me, but I'll see if that actually happens or not. <laughs> and I got my blue check mark back on Twitter for just about, I don't know, 30 seconds today. Uh, there was a story out there that said that uh, all the uh, people that lost their blue check marks because they were legacy blue check marks, if you went in and changed your bio in any way, uh, just you know, put an extra space in, whatever, if you edited your bio, when you clicked back out of your bio, the blue check mark came back. And it worked. I did it. And then I actually, I wanted to see how long it would take because I'm sure, you know, it's some kind of small glitch with Twitter. I get it. So I was in at Jeffy JFR and I updated my bio. I just put an extra space in and then I saved it and I went back and there it was. The blue check mark was there. And then I went back to the home page and it went away. So it's just a small glitch, but I did get it back for a few seconds today. So, I mean, and I didn't have to pay for it. Ha ha, Elon. And how about that Met Gala last night, huh? Yeah, fashion's biggest night. <laughs> it takes place at the old Metropolitan, Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Yay! The most exclusive party in the world of pops at the, uh, at the Met. And uh, boy, how about that, huh? So tickets, you have to get tickets. They're going for like 50000 A table costs 300000 Wow. And that doesn't even mean you get the invite, right? You can still say, hey, I'm willing to pay the money. And uh, Anna Wintour says, oh, yeah, no, uh, you are not allowed here. Sorry. So this year's theme was uh, from fashion designer Carl Lagerfeld. So everybody had their, you know, Lagerfeld cat and tried to be really cool. Some of the some of the fashion stuff is over the top, but I love it. It's just it's I like watching what they come up with. It's, you know, it's a little weird. I will say I was uh, disappointed. Uh, no Blake Lively, no Taylor Swift, no Beyonce, no Ariana Grande, no Selena Gomez, no Anna Taylor-Joy, no Bella Hadidad, no Zendaya. What are we doing? Emma Watson, Lady Gaga, Billy Porter, Katy Perry. What's happening? These people were not at the Met Gala. How could this be even called the Met Gala? Sure, J-Lo was there. Sure. Sure, Pedro Pascal was there in his shorts and his long red jacket. I got it. But uh, these people are big names and they weren't there. I was really disappointed. Now, you know, Blake is coming off having another kid so she's you know getting herself back into shape so i'll give her a little bit of a little bit of leeway but the others what's happening selena are you uh you know you you struggling a little bit i mean why aren't we at the mat what's happening j-lo was there j-lo looked great she's got a new album to promote she's looking good <laughs> i saw the i saw the uh, what you call it sisters you know the kardashians they were there and uh, they posted a picture of all three of them together i swear it looked like the the witches of eastwick if you follow me on twitter i i reposted that because it definitely looked like the witches of uh, eastwick however though i will say that someone posted underneath my post calling it westwick i should have called it that the witches of westwick yes that should have been the call you were right i apologize you wrote a better joke than me you know on that one Okay, just on that one. Don't get too cocky. And speaking of stars, I see where Cher, 77 now, has postponed her wedding plans. Remember we talked that she was going to get married to the her uh, BF, A.E. Edwards. 
And I uh, guess not anymore. Uh, producer Alexander A.E. Edwards has been told we're putting the brakes on. Okay. Uh, sure. Uh, I love you and everything, but no, uh, you are not getting into uh, my $380 million fortune right now. You can still be my boy toy. That's fine. And I'm still a little lovesick about you, but uh, I'm not going to be marrying you. I know you, you're got, you've got me all hot and bothered. And <laughs> she turns 77 this year. Wow. And not long from now, May 20th. Holy cow, if you're listening live, today is the 2nd of May. So she's got 18 days until she turns 77 years old. And I mean, you know, I know that he's all hot and bothered with Cher. And of course, I would be too. (laughs) Cher, marry me. And Cher, you look a little frightening. And you've, you know, definitely definitely fillers and three cuts i got it but 380 million yeah i'm in but the family's like uh no share Uh, that's all he wants is your money and now she's thinking that maybe that is all he wants wait what another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I want to take a second and remind you that Blaze TV is embarking on a mission to save comedy and impact the culture. You know that uh, where you're out and about, uh, you are not allowed to joke about anything these days. Well, I mean, we do here on Chewing the Fat, but out and about in the real world, you're not really allowed to joke about anything these days. That's why we are launching a mission starting this coming Thursday, May 4th, 2023, by releasing a f- our first ever full-length comedy film. You heard it. Blaze TV is releasing a full-length comedy film. The movie is called Reopening. It's a mockumentary that follows the cast and crew of a small community theater as they struggle to reopen during the heart of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a brilliant work of satire, uses humor to expose and ridicule the insanity that swept the nation, uh, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, We knew our audience would absolutely love it, and so we're thrilled to be delivering it to you this week week so you can join us thursday may 4th 8 p.m eastern for the premiere of reopening we'll be streaming a live pre-show on youtube and facebook with members of the cast but the movie itself will be available exclusively on blaze tv so in order to join the fun head on over to blaze tv.com slash reopening use the promo code reopening and get twenty dollars off of your subscription the blaze tv.com reopening promo code reopening for twenty dollars off your subscription so who died today who died today very sad gordon lightfoot gordon lightfoot the singer 84 years old has passed away 
Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, you may know him as a sundown, and if you could read my mind, he died at 84 years old in uh, Toronto. Uh, very sad. And my, of course, I mean his, the. Uh, I think a sundown was number one hit. His lone number one hit. And then Carefree Highway and Sundown. Then, uh, of course, I mean, hello, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Hello, superior, they say, never gives up her dead. The gales of the northern bear come early. <laughs> I mean, that's a Michigan hit right there, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Hello, I mean, they might have split up. They might have capsized. <laughs> they may have broke deep and took water. All the remains are the faces and the names of the wives and the sons and the daughters think about it oh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot very sad he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2012 he won 13 Juno Awards in his native Canada uh, he was induction into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame is he in the Rock Hall of Fame no way he can't be in the Rock Hall of Fame is he Gordon Lightfoot no he's not in the Rock Hall of Fame I see where the Rock Hall of Fame is I've been searching for uh, Gordon Lightfoot the 2023 inductees are going to be announced tomorrow so we'll have the new inductees uh, announced tomorrow at the Rock Hall of Fame we'll definitely be covering that here on Chewing the Fat and possibly a Chewing the Fat segment during Pat Unleashed tomorrow on uh, the Blaze Television and Radio Network. So Gordon Lightfoot, with uh, survived by his wife, who he's married in 2011. He had six children from past relationships, including two previous marriages. So, uh, you know, welcome to the club with divorces. Oh, we've got a, I've got a great story on divorces, too, around the world. We've got to talk about that today. I've got to get to that. So Gordon Lightfoot... <laughs> Sorry, I mean, Gordon Lightfoot, I'm sorry you died, but we're going to talk about divorces, okay? You were married three times. So Gordon Lightfoot, uh, rest in peace, dead at the age of 84. Speaking of guys who have had divorces and lived a long time, the band Aerosmith. I mean, holy cow, how old are those guys now? I mean, between 71 and 75. So they're still rocking. They're still rocking. I, I, I mean, they had the big Vegas show that they put on. Um, I don't know how many shows they did. I, I feel like Steven Tyler got sick or something, but they did a couple of small tours around the world a few times. But this is their final tour. They announced they're retiring from the road. It's a 40-date arena farewell tour, the Peace Out Tour. I mean, it might be worth seeing, actually. <laughs> Uh, that was the pandemic-interrupted Las Vegas residency. Okay. Uh, if you want to blame that on the pandemic, sure, go ahead. But I feel like Stephen had uh, fallen off the wagon, and that's what hurt that, uh, that residency. But, hey, whatever. That's fine. They haven't toured here in the U.S. for, I don't know, eight or nine years, something like that. So the tour begins September 2nd in Philadelphia, scheduled to wrap up January 26, 2024 in Montreal. The hometown show for Boston on the tour is slated for New Year's Eve. The Black Crows will open the Live Nation-produced trek. All dates go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. So they are going on sale this week already for the Aerosmith Peace Out Tour. That might be a show actually worth seeing, man. Uh, I know these guys are all you know 100 years old, but they're kind of like the Stones, right? You got to see them. They do the tour. You got to see them before they don't look at me like that. No, you don't, Jeff. Well, you know, okay, you don't. Are they playing? Are they playing Tampa? Uh, all right, in September. Tampa is in October. 
where do they play? I play in Austin, Texas, uh, October 23rd. Do they play in Dallas? I don't think so. San Antonio, November, Dallas, November 7th. They play in, uh, in Dallas, November 7th. So I could see them in Austin or Dallas. I'm not going to San Antonio for that. I wouldn't mind flying into Tampa to see them. That'd be a, that'd be a good time to see them at the arena in Tampa. So there's big, I mean, there's shows all over the country and, uh, and Canada, of course. And uh, so have fun. Have fun. Well, most of these shows are all like, Toronto. Most of these shows are the U.S. except for Toronto and Montreal. Yeah. So they kick it up. Toronto's like the third show, fourth show, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, um, New York, Belmont, Toronto. And then they ended, as we said, in Montreal on January 26th. New Year's Eve. No, the Jan- Madison Square Garden's January 19th. Was New Year's? Oh, Boston. Yeah, Boston is New Year's Eve. Uh, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to see Aerosmith and their Peace Out tour. And who knows? I mean, who they might not even make it. You might want to see them early. <laughs> you might want to see them in September, maybe October, because by the middle of October, I have a feeling uh, they're going to be a little tired. Just a little tired. I mean, Bonnie Ray was just on tour, and she had to cancel some cost. I'm sorry postponed concerts for uh surgery and they won't say what it is they just she's 73 now and she postponed four of her upcoming shows as she has a medical situation that requires surgery uh okay so what is the medical situation they won't say Uh, She rescheduled shows in Athens, Georgia, Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, and Pittsburgh. And we're supposed to, I guess she's going to get back on the road. Uh, You know, we'll see. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but just she's 73. And she's in the middle of her tour, and she goes down. So Aerosmith, they're uh, the same age or older than Bonnie. And, uh, you know, she's out there touring and has to take a break for a medical situation. I know there's the hippo laws. I get it. But when you're a star, rock star, everything is known. And so I'd be, I'd be interested to know what the medical situation was that required surgery to address. Just let us know. But they haven't yet. And speaking of guys in their mid-70s, Sylvester Stallone, Sly. I love him. I love. I like his new show. Tulsa King was awesome. He needs to be working on season two of that. I don't know if Taylor Sheridan is part of the Writers Guild of whoever's on strike. So, I don't know. Maybe his shows will keep going. Because Taylor is the one that writes all those shows anyway. So, I don't know if he's part of that or not. Maybe Taylor will break the, the picket line. Taylor Sheridan, that bastard. Is he going to walk through the picket line and continue to write his shows? That's yeah, very possible. It's uh, a good question. Somebody should reach out to uh, Taylor and ask. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, but Sylvester Stallone, uh, 76 now. Whew. He has, uh, people have been upset that he wasn't in the new Rocky. And Michael B. Jordan is, you know, that's his deal now. And Sly is not part of it anymore. Well, and I love the Tulsa King. I'm glad he's still working. He was awesome in it. And the season one was great. And let's just keep that going. But, uh He's going to apparently uh, do Cliffhanger 2. <laughs> I mean, did we need a Cliffhanger 2? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, the answer to that is yes. So it's in the works, and he's going to return as Gabe Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Gerard Butler is going to collaborate with Rick Roman Wall and they're going to call the shots, I guess. 
Uh, it's been 30 years. Wow. And that movie hauled in $255 million. That was a big hit for him. That was, uh, that was a huge hit for Sly. So, Cliff, <laughs> if you haven't seen Cliffhanger 1, uh, you know, uh, the sequel, I don't know that you'll be able to understand the sequel or not, but you can take a shot. Uh, you know, you can go ahead and go to the theater when it comes out, Cliffhanger 2, and see if you can understand it, but it's probably best that you go out and watch Cliffhanger before you have the opportunity to watch Cliffhanger 2. <laughs> mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is alive. The 15 million ton, 5,000 mile wide patch of seaweed known as the Great Atlantic Sargassum. We talked about this at one point. It was on its way. Well, it's arrived. It's making landfall. The Great Atlantic Sargassum Belt. (laughs) It's making landfall throughout the southern Atlantic and Caribbean coasts disrupting vacations and marine activities as it collects and rots along the shore. The annual open sea phenomenon. And this is, they call this the annual open sea phenomenon. I don't remember these, this annual open sea phenomenon. The Great Atlantic Sarcasm Belt. I don't remember it, but according to this, it's the largest on record and is expected to inundate shorelines for months. So be ready for the climate change gurus to tell you that the great atlantic sargassum belt is all because of climate change when in fact it's an annual open sea phenomenon so the macroalgae has been observed in the central atlantic an area known as the sargasso sea for centuries well there you go Uh, its levels were inconsequential until 2011 when scientists first noted a spike in growth the yellowish-brown organism is kept afloat by oxygen-filled bladders the size of berries, providing shelter for small marine life. That does not sound good. <laughs> I don't know why. I just feel like the oxygen-filled bladders <laughs> I'm against. But that's maybe it's just me. So its exponential growth is likely due to an uptick in nutrient-rich wastewater flows from the Mississippi, Amazon, and Congo River systems now presents a nuisance and potential hazard to sensitive beachgoers at a steep cost. The cities are looking to keep the beaches clear. Yeah, good luck with that. We saw some of the pictures. If you have an opportunity to see some of the pictures. In fact, I'll find out one of the pictures I use for uh, the show, my show post today. If you follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. I always post a picture related to the show to let you know when the show is up to uh, down. 
uh, when it's up to download. And uh, I will do that from the great Atlantic sarcasm belt. Uh, it's pretty incredible what happens when that all comes on the shore. And it's got to cost a lot of money because they're bringing in uh, tractors and backhoes and getting rid of that stuff. You don't want to walk on none of that stuff. If you go to the beach and you say, come on, honey, let's run in the water. And you look at the beach and you the great Atlantic sarcasm belt is there. You may uh, want to go the other way. Uh, find another beach. It's gonna. It's gonna cost. <laughs> Some of these vacation places are gonna be out a whole bunch of money, and they are going to be angry at the oxygen-filled bladders the size of berries providing shelter for the small marine life. And then you're gonna step on them when you walk on the beach, and you're gonna be <laughs> a little angry at the Great Atlantic Sarcasm Belt. <laughs> A uh, 15 million tons, 5,000 mile wide patch. That's going to do some serious damage, man. People, <laughs> uh, just be ready to hear more about the Great Atlantic Sarcasm Belt, the GASB, the GASPA. Okay, so I was saying that I got to talk about divorces. All right, so according to World of Statistics at stats underscore feed, uh, they tweeted uh, the divorce rate, and it's a divorce rate uh, around the world. Pretty incredible. So India has a 1% divorce rate. Vietnam has a 7% uh, divorce rate. Uh, Tajikistan has 10%. Iran has 14%. Mexico has 17%. Egypt, South Africa have 17% as well. Brazil has 21%. Turkey has 25%. Colombia has a 30% divorce rate. Poland, 33%. Japan, 35%. Germany has 38%. United Kingdom has 41%. New Zealand has 41%. Australia has 43%. China has 44%. Then if you go down, and I was looking at that on their, their Twitter account, and, uh, you know, it just, it breaks down all of these divorces for countries. And you get into the, uh, you know, well, United States has 45%. South Korea uh, anything under 50% is the Netherlands, Canada, Italy, Denmark, South Korea, United States. Then you get over 50%. Uh, Sweden, France, Belgium, Finland, Cuba. Now, now after that, you get over 70%. Ukraine, Russia, Luxembourg all have over 70%. Ukraine has 70%, uh, probably less today. Uh, Russia, 30, 73%, and Luxembourg has 79%. Spain and Portugal... Wow. Spain has 85% divorce rate. Portugal has 94% divorce rate. Why do you even get married in Portugal? And so I looked and somebody said, Saudi Arabia. And then the world of stats answered saying 37%. And then uh, someone tweeted, this is really funny. Who's ever running their Twitter account? Very good. I like it. It's funny. Uh, it said, uh, where is Thailand? And their reply was Southeast Asia. Cambodia and Laos border the country to the east and northeast, and Miramar lies, lies to the northwest. You're welcome. Please consider to subscribe. <laughs> Very funny. Who's ever running the world of statistics? I'm only going to answer a few of your questions, okay? The rest of you, how about you subscribe? <laughs> but divorces, holy cow. 
I mean, I'm telling you, you think 45% is bad in the U.S. And it is. I, I don't wish divorce on anyone. I've been through it. It's not fun. It's a, it's a real pain, especially if you have children. And it's, you know, it's agonizing. Uh, no question. And, and, you know, it's always, it's your fault. 100% it's your fault. I mean, it's my fault. No, it's your fault. I mean, it's my fault. Whoever, it's, it, you know what? It's nobody's at fault. It's just that we couldn't live with each other anymore. Okay. It's just the way it is. So, but 94% in Portugal and 85% in Spain. We just did that story about Spain and uh, people being uh, open to open marriages and having uh, multiple lovers. I wonder why the divorce rate is 85%. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> Pretty incredible. Uh, Israel has 27%, by the way, as uh, World of Statistics did answer uh, one tweet asking about Israel and, so, and then Saudi Arabia. And then someone asked about Thailand and they had enough. That's why they said, <laughs> go ahead and subscribe. We'll tell, you where, we'll tell you where Thailand is, but you need to go ahead and subscribe. Pretty incredible. Uh, that is amazing. And then I see a story talking about uh, sleep divorce, if it can help you feel more rested. Now, let me ask you, if you had to sleep in separate bedrooms uh, and it saved your marriage, is it worth it? I would say yes. And I would say also that a lot of times uh, people sleep better and have better a better life if they sleep in separate bedrooms. I'm not, you know, uh, I, I get the idea of sleeping in, uh, you know, the same bed and you're a couple and you want to be together. But, you know, when you start talking about snoring and stolen covers and differing schedules and different alarms, you know, you sleep better in your own bed, right? You do. So people, they want to call it a sleep divorce and they're, you know, sleeping separately from your partner for a better night's sleep. I would say that uh, that's not necessarily, a, I guess, you know, you call it whatever you want, sleep divorce or whatever, but it uh, it's actually for the health of the marriage, right? I mean, you could make that case. I am not a marriage psychologist uh, or a marriage psychiatrist uh, or a marriage expert. Well, I could be a marriage expert. I mean, I've been married for, whew, how long have I been married? 30 years? Well, well over 30 years I've been married. So, uh, you know, sure, to different people, that's not the point. I know what, what makes you an expert. You know about the thing you're talking about. I do know about the thing I'm talking about. <laughs> so I would say that uh, uh, sleep divorce may not be a bad thing. Uh, I'm okay with uh, sleeping in uh, separate beds, maybe even uh, uh, separate bedrooms. Uh, separate bedrooms. I mean, that's their case for sleep divorce, that you're sleeping in different rooms so that you can get your own sleep and you're, you're still, you know, you're still a happy couple because you're getting, uh, enough sleep and you're sleeping right. Uh, but if you have different schedules, you know, I mean, working, uh, I mean, my kids, my, my two youngest kids, they don't know a time in their life when they haven't tucked me in to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously, I've gotten up. I, you know, I've gone to bed early forever uh, since they've. I mean, since they've been alive, doing morning shows and uh, being up early, getting going to bed at you know, uh, going to bed early at uh, at say like seven or eight o'clock at night, getting up at two or two thirty in the morning. Uh, for years, I got up at two uh, thirty. I don't know, forever. The show started at five. Show morning show started at five. And uh, I mean, I taught myself, we've talked about this before. I taught myself how to, how to wake up without an alarm because I hate the alarm so much. 
So I taught myself how to go to sleep and wake up when I needed to wake up. And uh, it's it's not hard, but you have to really, you have to learn how to do it and you can't be overtired. So if you're overtired, you still need to probably use an alarm backup. Some would tell you that, uh, and, I, and for a long time, I didn't even need the alarm backup. I just had it down. Your, my body just woke up. Uh, and it still kind of does. But if I set my mind to what time to get up, I get up. Uh, I'm awake. Let's go. Time to get up. Now, and, and I just I just hate hearing the alarm so much. But that's not necessarily a sleep divorce. But I'm just telling you that there's uh, many nights when uh, you know my wife is coming into bed uh, to go to bed, and I'm getting up to go to work. So is that a sleep divorce? No, we're sleeping in the same bed, just not at the same time. <laughs> So that's a that's sleep separation. That's not a sleep divorce. That's a sleep separation. I'll leave you with a couple of divorce jokes. Okay, remember the the one joke uh, that uh, what what's the only thing divorce proves? Whose mother was right in the first place? And I love the uh, the divorce joke of a divorce court judge said to uh, the husband, "You know, I've reviewed your case uh, very carefully, and I've decided to give your wife eight hundred dollars a week." Well, that's very fair, Your Honor. And every now and then, I'll try to send her a few bucks myself. <laughs> uh, just, I'll try to send her a few bucks myself. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.